The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Let us help you discover the keys to success, the keys to success in your internet marketing. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Marketing Nirvana, presented by CertifiedKnowledge.org, CertifiedKnowledge.org. Overcome the trials and tribulations of the past and let Marketing Nirvana revolutionize your revenue stream and ROI. Prepare to experience Marketing Nirvana right now. Here are your hosts. Hello, listeners. Welcome to Marketing Nirvana. I'm your host, Brad Geddes, the founder of Certified Knowledge, and we're a marketing training and toolset company. On this show, we'll investigate various ways in which your marketing efforts can reach a state of Nirvana. You can find other show notes and information about our guests on CertifiedKnowledge.org. Now, when we look at practitioners of paid search and of SEO, they often deal in the very practical applications of data, and they often look back to the testers. When we look at the testers, they often just try to try different things out to see what happens, and then they post the results. There is another group of individuals um, who often goes unnoticed but often can make the biggest difference in getting ideas for your practical applications or for your test, and that's the researchers. And today we have with us my favorite researcher overall, which is Jim Jansen. Um, he's an associate professor at Penn State and has written just some amazing stuff for many years on search engine research and kind of specializes in paid search from a research standpoint. So welcome, Jim. Thank you, Brad. Thanks for having me. So I also like having Jim on the show because he works at Penn State, and I'm a Penn State grad, so we have another nice local connection going on there. So, we um, are Penn State. That's right. So um, in today's session, uh, we're going to look at a, a paper that Jim wrote recently, which is just a, a fantastic paper that looks through the buying cycle and kind of goes to look at, at the general assumptions people have and seeing if they're actually correct. And there are a couple surprises we're going to find along the way. So first, um, I'm going to let Jim define the buying funnel for us. Now, sometimes you'll hear this called the buying funnel, this sales funnel, the buying cycle, the decision-making cycle. It's all the same thing, just, just so you know from our, our context. So Jim, can you take us just a little bit through what the buying cycle is? Sure. The buying cycle is a, a hierarchical, uh, you know, a, a staged approach that uh, supposedly consumers go through when making a purchase decision. So some typical uh, levels or uh, stages they go through would be awareness of a particular need, research, where they research the different options, decision, where they make a, uh, a, a uh, choice from a choice set of what to do, and then finally purchase, where they actually uh, kind of consummate the act of, of buying something. 
And uh, it's uh, the buying cycle has been around since at least the late 1800s, and it came out of uh, the insurance industry. And uh, actually, a, a, a Pennsylvania insurance guy came up with it in a way to uh, uh, help his sales staff uh, lead a customer uh, through a decision process to make a sale. And from that starting point, uh, they, uh, from the observations of St. Uh, St. Louis, uh, it has really branched into many areas of marketing and e-commerce. I did not know that. See, I already learned something today. That's that's excellent. Now, you guys um, took the concept of the buying funnel, and then you sort of did a pretty big test on a retailer to sort of look at how this worked. Can you talk just a little bit about the test so we get some context for listeners because not everyone will be in this exact same industry? Sure. Well, what we did um, – you know, there have been uh, both. Uh, there have been a lot of. Uh, what the motivation for us doing this was that there had been a lot of uh, discussion in the practitioner literature about whether the buying cycle, buying uh, funnel, really uh, was an appropriate model uh, for keyword advertising. And uh, you know, certainly a lot of opinions, but we hadn't seen really any empirical test of it. So uh, we took uh, uh, data that uh, a, search in, a search engine agency provided to us, uh, a very large data set, spanned four years, uh, 7 million uh, records of uh, uh, the typical keyword metrics. We took all their key phrases and we classified them into one of the stages of the buying funnel, and uh, then from that, we were able to classify all the interactions in the entire data set. And then from that, we analyzed, okay, how, uh, one, does it appear the buying funnel holds? And two, um, if it does hold or doesn't hold, what can that tell you about managing a keyword advertising campaign? Perfect. And so uh, as with any good research project, you first list your hypothesis. Um, you don't make up assumptions after the data sets you know analyzed, and then you look back to your hypothesis to see if they're correct or incorrect based upon the data. Um, and you did this in here as well. So what we do for our listeners is sort of look through the hypothesis that you had, and then your what your analysis actually showed. So the the very first one was that you know, there'd be a significant difference among queries in each stage of the buying funnel based upon average number of impressions, which is an important one for listeners to look at, is essentially are there more searches at the top of the buying funnel than at the bottom? And what did you guys find out? Well, yes, the, what we, that's the first aspect we looked at, and we are kind of, uh, our approach was that uh, uh, ideally there should be uh, you know, more uh, impressions uh, at the awareness stage than uh, – there would be at the purchase stage, you know, just because of sheer numbers. And then as, uh, you know, and conceptually the query will get tighter and more narrowly focused uh, as the consumer moves through the funnel. And, uh, you know, that, uh, that pretty much held. Uh, there were more uh, awareness and research queries than there were purchase and decision queries. 
which essentially just sort of strengthens the idea of the funnel itself as well. Um, and so the uh, yeah. the oh, please continue. Oh no, no, it's just uh, yeah, you know, conceptually that's what we'd expect, and uh, pretty much that's what the data showed. I mean, it wasn't perfect. Uh, you know, there were more uh, uh, research queries than there were awareness queries, but you know, it's I. Maybe people do awareness, uh, you know, and not from a search engine. So, I see, and conceptually, it helped pretty well. Yeah, that's that doesn't surprise me because one of the hard things to actually do via search is generate awareness. Because if you don't know something exists, you can't search for it. And so, it's it's pretty common to see TV and radio and your mass media efforts still be very effective in generating that first stage and not necessarily search. Right, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's the whole thing, uh, uh, and, and, and keep in mind, this was from uh, a keyword advertising uh, 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 data set. So in the awareness phase, these searchers may be doing queries that are awareness queries that uh, this particular agency felt had no monetary value. In other words, they may have been searching for a need uh, just you know, I need, you know, it's 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 too cold in my house, you know, and so those queries may not be monetized, so it wouldn't show up in our data set either. That's fair. Now, um, uh, the second hypothesis sort of falls in line with the first one is that uh, there'll be a significant difference among queries in each stage of the buying funnel based upon the actual clicks that occur. And, and what did you find out with your second one? Um. Uh, that uh, well, there there certainly was a, a difference. Uh, not exactly what we had expect. We we thought there would be more clicks at the purchase, uh, the purchase uh, phase, uh, but instead uh, the awareness queries generated three times as many clicks. Uh, even even accounting for uh, the uh, the you know the differences in in, in sheer number. That, see, that's actually from a practitioner standpoint, that's not a surprising number. Um, that you would hire up the funnel, you have more people initially searching, doing research, so forth, and then the number of clicks often declines as you move through the funnel. As there's less total searches, people fall out of the funnel. Um, and, and this is why I like uh, reading Jim stuff: is, is you get the practitioner versus the researcher's take on things. It's very interesting to, to look at his writings. Uh, please go ahead, Jim. Yeah. Oh no, no, you're absolutely right. Yeah, it's uh, you know, uh, it would also be kind of interesting if we'd had the data from the organic side also to see to kind of get the total picture of what's going on. Uh, but but uh, yeah, certainly from the ad portion, uh, yeah, you could I guess you could you know from an exploratory uh, aspect, uh, you know, you can you can make the case that there would also be you know more clicks at the awareness. Yeah, that's interesting. A lot of your SEO people would say, no, SEO generates the initial uh, attention and so forth, and then paid – well, actually, never say paid search. But in reality, paid search often ends up with the conversions, and that's something – we are only working with the ad data set, which is all you can only work with since Google doesn't usually give away their log files. Um, yes, yes. So then, you know, one that uh, the next hypothesis affects everyone's wallets. So, um, hypothesis was 
there'll be a significant difference among queries that each stage of the buying funnel based upon average cost per click. I mean, this is the assumption that a purchase keyword, of course, is more expensive than an awareness keyword. Um, and what did you uh, what did your research show on that one? Well, yeah, the uh, and uh, it showed that uh, the purchase queries were almost twice as expensive in cost per click uh, as awareness click queries. And as uh, each uh, at each stage of the buying funnel, as it got closer to purchase, uh, the cost per click went up, which so, is which is fairly expected. Fairly so, expected, uh, uh, yeah. If you if you approach it from the point of you know, uh, what does the model say about expected user behavior? Uh, I assume uh, that, you know, that, uh, you know, you could uh, at any point in time, you'd base it also on historical data, things like that. But over the entire set of this, this data sets, uh, the purchase queries were almost twice as expensive as the awareness. That makes sense. So, so far, the, the three apostles we looked at are pretty much what we would expect from a presentation standpoint. We're going to take a quick break and let our sponsor yeah, speak, and and then we're gonna we're gonna return from break and look through a couple hypotheses which sort of challenge some of the stuff that uh, some of the practitioners might actually see. So let's take a break for just a moment, then we'll continue our conversation with Jim. More marketing nirvana after we thank our sponsors. Oh yeah, my day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use CertifiedKnowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. Our clients have earned over $1 billion. Now it's your turn. With over 20,000 products to promote across a huge variety of niches, ClickBank provides countless ways for any affiliate to make money. You can promote any product immediately. No contracts required. Looking for recurring commissions? Upsell products? ClickBank's got them. And best of all, you can make up to 75% commissions. Ready to become the next ClickBank success story? Sign up now for free at ClickBank.com. If you're looking for a new multifaceted SEO and social media tool set, look for The Raven. Raven has the important tools that every internet marketer needs. Raven offers customized metrics for managing link building campaigns, social media campaigns, with campaign reporting and research tools that you can easily manage. Build up campaign performance for your clients and give your team the tools that will make them soar. If you want to increase your internet marketing revenue, look for The Raven. Go to raventools.com. That's raventools.com. PPC Rockstars will take you to the promised land of PPC profit. Live broadcast Mondays at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the advertising channel. Only on webmasterradio.fm. 
injecting new life into your internet marketing. Welcome back to Marketing Nirvana, presented by CertifiedKnowledge.org, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. And we're back from break. Um, so we're speaking with Jim Jansen, the associate professor at Penn State, about some uh, interesting research on the paid search world. And so, uh, Jim, right before break, you're about to um, make another comment on the first three hypotheses being pretty much in line with what the expectation is. Uh, what was your comment there? Uh, yeah, I was getting ready to say that, yeah, I think uh, from what I've looked at so far, uh, you could probably make a case, yeah, no big surprises, maybe, uh, you know, a little, oh, that's, you know, that's interesting. But uh, you could certainly make a case where this seems very reasonable and, and, and within expectations. Now, this, the next one, though, I, I find interesting. Um, the hypothesis four was there was significant difference among queries in each stage of the buying funnel based upon average sales revenue per query. And what did you see there? Well, uh, this was kind of like uh, the, big, uh, the first big surprise for us. Uh, the, when we looked at the average sales uh, for, uh, for each of these groups, awareness, research, decision, and purchase, uh, the most the, the set of queries that generated the most sales were the awareness queries. Okay. Uh, actually, and they all had about 10% more than the purchase queries, which were the, the second highest group. And then way below that were the research and, and decisions. And we're talking like an exponential difference uh, in, in sales generated. Yeah, that, you know, when I was reading the paper, that was one that I immediately had a few thoughts go through my mind of why this happens. Um, you know, one, your data sets from one retailer. Do you happen to know or can you share the average revenue per purchase for this retailer, even if it's a ballpark number? About 20 bucks. Okay. So so this is where immediately when I say, okay, there's more sales at the – or there's more revenue per query at the attention phase, I think of um, a search like you know, new books. And you search for new books or new best-selling books, which is an awareness query. Um, correct. That's how you would classify that. Correct. Well, the uh, yeah, I, you know, in trying to explain this, you know, a couple can be approached from a couple of different uh, perspectives. One from the consumer, one from the retailer. For the retailer side, you know, this was a uh, national retailer, brick and mortar, and online, and uh, you know, I. Uh, Due to non-disclosure, I can't say the name of the retailer, but it's like a gift place, you know, mm-hmm. uh, a nice, nice novelty gift place. Uh, so the uh, a lot of the purchases, uh, I don't say were impulse buys, but they could fit in that, you know, it's not like I'm buying a house. You know? Yep. So you, you could see a lot of people pe- maybe peeling off as. Uh, there's something in search called the principle of least effort. You know, I'll spend enough effort to give a pretty good solution. And, you know, if I'm spending 20 to 50 bucks and, oh, there's a pretty good, it fits my concept of what I want, maybe I won't do a lot of research and decision-making. I'll just buy it. You know, if we have time, we're going to come back to that because I think the principle of least effort is something that should probably apply to websites more than it is. Um, I hadn't heard about that that principle before until I was um, reading a chapter for a book you have coming out, 
And I saw that and looked up a little bit. And that's something that we should probably talk about more in landing pages. We might come back to that. But just to, as a practitioner's thought on the statement that you know attention awareness phase generates more revenue per query is if you look at a site like Amazon and they get a lot of searches for you know new books and used books and so forth. So that's an awareness query. You go to their site from the awareness query and you read book reviews. Well, that's now in your research phase and you find a book you like. So then you're on Amazon site, you buy it. So usually the consumer still goes through the stages of the buying cycle. They just might not do repeat searches. And I would love if you guys ever get a chance to repeat this study with someone who's a, um, a very high-end expensive retailer. So I think we'd see different results here among revenues per query by stages. Uh, you know, absolutely correct. I, sh- I certainly uh, – uh, no, no, certainly the retailer and the type of uh, business operation wouldn't – most people would say that would make a difference. Uh, you know this 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 uh, you know retailer did sell some high does sell some high end items, uh, but certainly I think the product has an effect. And also, uh, you know, as a search researcher, we are seeing one slice of these people's information uh, sources. You know, the sponsored search data collected from this agency. As you point out, they may be doing some other searches on other websites that we're not capturing. Exactly. But this sort of brings us into um, the next hypothesis, which I found is good for practical people to know as well. And your last hypothesis was um, to be a significant difference among queries in each stage of the buying funnel based upon average number of items ordered. So that I thought – this is fascinating data. Can you share that with us too? Yes. Well, on the, uh, we, all, we looked at orders and uh, both a uh, number of items ordered. And for both of these, uh, the awareness queries were twice uh, uh, generated twice as many orders and sold twice as many items as uh, as purchase queries. And uh, so, yeah, I mean that was very surprising, uh, and uh, you know it's got a lot of implications for cross selling uh, and you know many other aspects of retailing. And uh, you know I think uh, trying to explain it. You know, it may be uh, again from the point viewing it from the point of the user that they're just kind of more in an open frame of mind. Uh, you know, they haven't locked into I'm only going to buy this particular lamp and that's all I want. You know, uh, so they may be open to some more uh, serendipitous selling when they're in this kind of awareness phase. Yeah, I, so I just want to clarify this for the listeners. What their research found was average number of orders. Of, of items in a, in a shopping hub or checked out were higher for awareness queries than for purchase queries. Almost someone who had done a purchase query had already done the research, picked out an item, and that was all they were going to buy. So from a practical standpoint, a task that I actually may, may implement here is doing one where the purchase stage is – Purely like just buy this product and do cross sales on the checkout page. Get their credit card quickly, check them out, and then do cross sales afterwards. Where if it's an awareness query, look at more upsells, cross sales while they're sort of wandering around this site because they're not doing searches, their awareness queries on your site, and make more of the checkout, the after checkout page, the thank you page, 
more about joining a loyalty program or something else. And that's something that, from a practitioner standpoint, may be interesting to try since you know, the empirical research here, at least for a small average order retailer, um, really showed a, a different number of order items per stage of the buying cycle, which I found utterly fascinating. So, uh, Brad, let me correct one thing I said. Okay. Brad, if I could correct one thing I said. I, when I said the average order was 20 bucks, that was the average order per click. I, I, I don't have readily available what the average retail item was. But I guess, you know, I would put it less than 100 bucks. so I think we're still in the ballpark there. But don't hold me to that $20 number. Oh, uh, no, we never hold anyone to anything. This is, um, you know what, you get all the advice you want um, or, or information you want. All that should be doing for a practitioner or a tester is give them ideas to go test. You should never assume someone else's stuff applies to you. It should give you ideas then saying, all right, that's some interesting research. Um, let's try these few tests based upon this research to see if it applies to us. If you use someone else's stuff automatically, you're going to make some big mistakes. Yeah, I, I think that's great advice you know, for practitioners, for researchers also, you know, uh, we come up with these general trends, but you know each case is sort of nuanced, and so you know these these trends give you a starting point, and then you apply it to your own context, your own uh, your own campaign, your own website in a way that works for you. Perfect. So we are going to um, take another break and let our sponsors speak for a moment, and then we're going to come back and continue the, uh, this great discussion with Jim Jansen on looking at the buying funnel, and we're going to come back with a little bit of tips and, and more places to get some information on this as well. So let's take a quick break. More Marketing Nirvana after we thank our sponsors. Oh, yeah. My day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use CertifiedKnowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brad Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. Stop sending pointless emails late at night to pretend you work harder than everyone else. When you should be working with the premier B2B on-air and on-demand podcast network on the web, webmasterradio.fm. Our team will customize your message to reach the affiliate marketers and merchants that access our network every day. Contact sales at webmasterradio.fm for a consultation today. From domains to digital marketing, social media to blogging, you can reach this broad audience by using what you're listening to now. Reach the thousands of internet marketers that download and listen live to the premier on-air and on-demand podcast network. 
WebmasterRadio.fm with the Internet Marketing Channel. Our ad campaigns are fully integrated with multiple avenues of exposure, from slick, effective 30-second commercials to detailed, informative 30-minute town hall meetings. Expose your products and services to listeners and podcasters of not just shows like Market Edge and Domain Masters, but anyone looking for ways to market their business with your product. Contact sales at webmasterradio.fm to find out more. CEO Coach, Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Culture and Business Channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. Injecting new life into your internet marketing. Welcome back to Marketing Nirvana, presented by CertifiedKnowledge.org. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Okay, so we have about five minutes left. And the one thing that I wanted uh, Jim to explain just a little bit more, because I think this is something that more people should really understand, is can you go a bit more into the, the principle of least effort in how maybe the, what is from a research standpoint, maybe we can get a touch of this on how uh, we can apply this to things. Sure. The principle of least effort is probably one of the most researched, uh, researched and documented, empirically supported uh, constructs in uh, information seeking and information searching. And it basically comes down to uh, that a person will expend the least amount of effort to accomplish what they want. All right. And that has been shown to uh, hold in a variety of domains, a variety of disciplines, a variety of searching contexts, uh, with only a very few exceptions. And so what it, uh, it, and its applicability is, for example, in this study where it helps explain maybe why awareness queries so many times generated more orders, generated higher sales, and generated uh, more uh, items uh, sold, is that uh, uh, we don't, we as humans don't, many times don't seek out the best solution. We seek out a good solution from a choice set. And uh, so we suffice uh, is, is uh, the psychological term. We arrive at pretty good solutions. Yeah, and that's why the whole the, – the advice you hear on landing page of keep it simple, make things easy for visitors, uh, um, which is a, a solid advice in the usability world, evidently has some solid roots in, in research as well. Oh, it, it, it shows up in uh, the way to design landing pages uh, to, uh, you, know, you know, things like – even things like, you know, putting, putting the call to action above the fold. People don't like yep. to scroll. They just exactly. Don't do it, and that is explained by the principle of least effort. Uh, you, can do, you can do studies that show if you do longer queries, you will get better results. People have for years will, are stuck at two to three terms per query. Because we get pretty good results at that level, and we're happy with it. Uh, it, it, it is, uh, and, and, and it's a principle that shows up not only in searching, but in many uh, aspects of life. And it has re- kind of this related principle of information access. If you know people are going to act this way, uh, then, this, then the information that is the easiest to get to will get access to more. And so you can kind of take those from each end and combine those together and come up with principles for designing websites Doing ads, uh, you know, uh, search engines, understanding how people come to your site, things like that. 
Perfect. So we're about our time here. But um, I heard about this principle when reading a couple chapters of Jim's upcoming book, um, which I, I found fantastic because it, it looks at trying to tie – or it, it looks at actually tying some research principles and marketing principles, practitioner stuff together. Um, Jim, can you tell us just a little bit about the book, um, when it's coming out, and how we can get a hold of it when it comes out? Sure. Uh, the book is Understanding Keyword, uh, Understanding Sponsored Search, uh, a coverage of the core elements of keyword advertising. It's being uh, published by uh, Cambridge University Press, which has been publishing books since uh, 1584. So they've been in the wow. Yeah. So uh, it'll be in hard copy, Kindle, all those type of things. Uh, the book's at the publisher. Uh, the The idea of the book is I, there are a lot of great uh, how-to books uh, on keyword advertising. You have a fantastic one, by the way, uh, Thank on, you. on Google AdWords. Um, and uh, so what I wanted to do and where I didn't see any out there was how can we take the theories that we know about searching, that we know about human behavior, that we know about branding, marketing, advertising – Game theory, which is what uh, keyword advertising auctions are, and present uh, those theories in a way that are valuable to both academics and practitioners. And that's the purpose of the book. When's it being uh, published? Well, I submitted it in January, and the publishers told me, hey, it's going to be out in nine months. And I was kind of shocked. I said, well, you know, I could make a baby in that time. Now, <laughs> and that's from start to finish, okay? Surely you could get this out faster. So uh, hopefully it will be out this summer uh, and, again, available on Amazon and all those places. Okay. For those of you who have not published a book before, um, my wait time between it last semester was only like three months. But writing a book, there's definitely a, a lot more to it. And if you want to know when it's going to come out, because, well, it may be three months, it may be nine months, evidently, um, you can subscribe to our blog at Certified Knowledge, and we will definitely publish when this is out. And Jim also has a great blog at jimjansen.blogspot.com, and it looks, again, at more, more of the research items. Um, Jim, any last parting words before we uh, we go ahead and end this? Well, the uh, I, I um, three quick things is uh, on this particular. Uh, I, I've also looked on this data set. I've also looked at aspects of branding and demographic targeting, and uh, all those uh, research papers are posted uh, on my website uh, and blog. Uh, the the implication, I think, real quickly for this pa this particular paper is you hear a lot about the buying funnel being worthless or being great, and uh, many times the truth is somewhere in the middle, and I think what this research shows is that uh, the buying funnel has some value in understanding how people search, but uh, it is not, uh, it's just a model. It really is not a locked in, you know, this is how it's done every single time. And finally, I think, you know, if what... Uh, the methodologies I, I use in the paper are – I've tried to write them as clearly as possible, and I think uh, you know, uh, other researchers and other practitioners can uh, you know, test out some of these assumptions and models and concepts in uh, keyword advertising uh, uh, for themselves. Oh, well, thank you, Jim, and please go with that research. Um, I, I personally can say I've not read enough of your stuff, but I have probably read more than most 
outside of your, of course, your students and your other professors, at least hopefully they've read more than I have. Um, so if you want to know where to get a hold of Jim or see his blog, a link to the paper we'll put on the certifiedknowledge.org blog. And you can always find Jim at jimjansen.blogspot.com. And you can always also find new episodes of Mark and Nirvana on Mondays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. You can find the archives of past episodes at webmasterradio.fm or on iTunes. Thank you for listening.